Hello, everyone. It's Rafael Tamayo here at the Oak Cliff Cultural Center, and you are listening to OC3 Frequencies. I am here with our wonderful staff. Hi, I'm Iris. Monica. Monica, as you know, Monica is a woman of, of, of very few words. I would also like to point out that it's pretty early for me. So, <laughs> not a it morning. It is. It's about nine thirty in the morning. Um, Monica is usually, you know, our, our uh, evening coordinator, late shift type of person. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, she's here bright and early because we have a special guest. We're super excited to talk to him. We've, you know, we were back and forth a lot on scheduling, but this man is very busy. And OC three was fortunate enough to have a screening um, of uh, the short film that he made but um yes our special guest i'll let him kind of introduce himself and 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 you know talk about your oh background and all that stuff yeah oh so boy. you're gonna have to do some talking man. oh Tell man us here merced de Lizondo. go for it man all right yeah i know well thanks again for having you guys i know it was a kind of a nightmare to try to get me in here in the first place but uh scheduling aside it's, it's been great to get to work with your team and and again super appreciative that you um, gave us the opportunity to screen the film um, a little while ago. It really meant a lot, especially in this community. But yeah, um, Mercedes Sondo, filmmaker uh, from Dallas, Texas, Oak Cliff specifically, born and raised there. Um, been doing this for about, I want to say, maybe four or five years. Nice. I went to UT Austin, so I moved out to Austin, was there for a couple of years, lived out there. Um, didn't go to film school, so that wasn't really something that I never thought could be a possibility for me. Because, yeah. you know, being a Latino in, in South Dallas, I thought, like, no way people could make movies like that's not real yeah. you know um and i just kind of fell into it I, I did an internship i'm kind of just already jumping in right away no go for it no <laughs> please because i'm already like yeah intrigued yeah. by the story yeah well no i mean just to kind of get to it quickly but i like i said didn't go to film school i was too chicken to major in film mm-hmm. um again i just didn't really think that was a possibility for people that look like me spoke like me or from my community um, and then it wasn't until I did an internship at NBC Universal um, in the summer of 2015. I moved out to Manhattan, lived there for three months, and you know was working at 30 Rock and all the. You know, being in, nice. It was awesome just being in New York. Yeah. And it's a, an incredibly inspiring city to be in. Like, how could you not be? And that was the push over the edge I needed to go. You know what? Like, well, everyone here is following their passion and their dream, and there's no reason why I shouldn't be doing that too. And yeah, I came back to my senior year at UT, just hungry to learned this thing pro- that was production, which I had no experience in. So what what were you studying at UT? Advertising. Advertising. Advertising, and which was like a, a almost parallel version of, of filmmaking in a creative sense. Like I was still being creative, but in a little more businessy side. It was a safe choice because, yeah. you know, there'll always yeah. be marketing jobs. There'll always be social media jobs. And so th- that's what the internship was? It was. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. But I, w- I was doing entertainment marketing. So I was entertainment, but ah, also doing marketing. Got it. And I kind of like the entertainment part a little more than I did the marketing. <laughs> so That's cool. Um, you you you, you said um, there was this, like, uh, you talked about how making films or making movies and where you're from mm-hmm. and how you grew up and your kind of trajectory mm-hmm. up until that point mm-hmm. always led you to believe, well, this is not something that's actually yeah. real or that is attainable. And one, <clears throat> um, I applaud you in, in kind of venturing into filmmaking because I feel like for for our community specifically, um, I can't imagine how many people how many people are held back by that that belief you but, see it yeah you see it a lot yeah but how um if could you kind of expand a little bit on cuz i mean you had the internship it was mm-hmm. one experience and you know that kind mm-hmm. of pushed you over but mm-hmm. i imagine like it's 
a constant battle trying to go through all of that it's it's the hardest thing i've had to deal with i think only probably this year is the first time i've actually felt confident in the fact that like oh yeah like this is what i'm going to be doing for the rest of my life like this this is my calling i've always known that but now it's sort of materialized to the point where there's really like i'm I'm not good at anything else like this is it for me this is all i got and and no one can take this away from me but it was man in, in the beginning it was very difficult because yeah like i mentioned I mean, Latinos. At the time, I was, I, there are Latinos making movies, and and not even just in the states, like Latino America and Mexico. They're brilliant filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Some are who are some of my heroes now, um, but I wasn't exposed to that as a kid. And I think artistry is like really difficult, especially in like the Latino community, but more so in like immigrant families, because you know a lot of our parents, our ancestors, they come to this country with the intention of wanting to see their children succeed, and a lot of that. A lot of times that looks like money, that looks like financial wealth, stability, right. an engineer, a doctor, a, a lawyer. Um, an example, my little brother wants to be a computer scientist. You know, my parents see that. It's it's money, it's stability. He's good. Yeah. Little sister wants to work in the medical field. She's good. But artistry, like what is, yeah. like, how do you even, like, what, what does that mean? <laughs> how does mean? that translate to How money? does that translate? How does that translate to stability? Is our son going to be okay? Like, all of which are valid concerns. It was just difficult Mm-hmm. Um, to try to explain to them, like, no, look, like, I have this passion, but like, what does passion mean to them? Like, it's it's difficult. It is very hard. I'm lucky that I that I have parents that are open, you know, to to me just chasing their dreams. They know I'm not an idiot. Like, they know I, I like si me aplico. Like, if I do what I have to do, chances are I'll probably turn out okay. And and I think after having made Manozoro, like, they're finally coming to terms with it. And now, like. They're my biggest fans. Like that, I, my I could not do what I'm doing without my family. Honestly, oh, they cool. my mom does crafty on all my sets, which is like basically all the food and stuff. Right. Like through that, my mom has kind of found an an identity of her own to you know be a part of of my world. Yeah, um, and she loves it. You know, my dad's out there helping too, and and you know now he shows does like commercials I've done and stuff to his yeah. friends and like look what my son did. He's a client. He has a shop down the road, not too far from here. He's a mechanic. Yeah. Um. So it's it's been nice to now they finally come on not that they were never on board but those conversations were hard yeah they're very hard well and it's difficult even with family and you could have the strongest support system in the world but i feel like i always tell people no one will care more about what you do than you do mm-hmm. and you could have a, a a really strong support system but at the end of the day you know their 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 passion isn't the same as yours right and so they can be super supportive and contribute <clears throat> a lot of things to help you succeed but I think once you kind of progress and you hit certain points, mm-hmm. it's really cool for the individual to kind of see, man, like they see it now or, or yeah. they're they're on board. Um, it's not lost on me that I have a really strong support system. I, I do. I mean, I I work a lot. I'm, I'm busy all the time. Um, I think that comes at a consequence of not being able to, you know, maybe be at certain events with my family or even hanging out with friends. You know, mm-hmm. there was a point where when I started doing this, I was like to a fault too ambitious at this where I would like the friends would invite me out to dinner or to a night out at a bar or whatever. And I'd just mm-hmm. say no. And after a while they started stopped inviting me and that hurt, you know? And, and it's like, Oh man, I love what I'm doing, but I'm also at the expense of, of what, at what cost. So yeah. it's been a balance for me to try to be as ambitious as I can to play catch up with all the years that I didn't go to film school, but also, you know, I was trying to have a life, right? Because as right. I'm a writer director, I, I cannot write if I have no perspective of which to write about. Mm. You know, I can't write about things if I'm not living a life. I need to get hurt. I need to get angry. I need to get frustrated in real world experience so that I could put that into my work. And, and so that's, it's, it's a really, really do fine duality that I have to like consistently yeah. 
walk that I'm very aware of, you know. You're, I mean, <laughs> I feel like we'll need a, a, you'll need to write a story on your life. Because a lot <laughs> of these, I mean, you're, you're talking about a lot of things that I feel resonate with, with me individually, but I feel like it'll resonate with a lot of people. I hope so, about, yeah. I mean, and that's how you came to us. Astrid yeah. uh, reached out to us and we just happened to cross paths with her because some of the work that we do in the community and she right. mentioned, hey, I have a friend, mm-hmm. really talented, really cool project that he did. And, um, you know, we were just excited at the at the opportunity to be able to, Thank you. to host or screen something like that. But um, I and, think yeah. that is also a testament to, you know, how, how you've been able to get, ca- to, to cover as much ground as, as you can in a short yeah, period of time. Yeah, it, it goes back to, you know, having a support system. Like, Astrid has been so supportive of me, and, and not just her, like, all my friends and my family. Like, I, I am a lot to put up with as a friend and as a family member. Like, I just I just am. I really am. It, yeah. it is a lot because... Well, that makes for good stories, right? It makes for good stories, but, it you know, it, it does come at the cost of, you know, not being able to see people as much or, like, yeah, we'll get to that conversation when we can or I'll see yeah. you soon, I promise. It's like making the consistent for perpetual dinner plans with someone that never happens. Yeah. Um, but it will. I'm laughing because, I mean, it, it took will at some how, point. how yeah. many it's so email much. exchanges to get you Oh, in my God. It was, it was crazy. It's, things have been hectic this year. This yeah. month, last month was just ridiculous for me. But, um, yeah, man, all that to say, like, I just owe it to the support system I have because I know that at the end of the day when it's all said and done, I have my friends and family to, yeah. to be there for me, like, when it, when it gets dark. Well, that's really cool. Yeah. I know, I don't yeah. want to hog the conversation. No, I know totally. our coordinators here also have some questions or would like to share some stuff. So yes, I'm yes, back, yes. Back away a little. No, I have a question because yes. um, you're talking about the support system, and I imagine that it takes a huge support system for you to go through the process of, you know, the festivals film festivals yeah. so could you tell us a little bit about what that process is like you know mm-hmm. to enter into a film festival um what is a film festival yeah. how does it work yeah um, totally yeah i think uh, I, I guess there's a general explanation about a film festival it's basically like a think of like a music festival like acl coachella but for movies right mm-hmm. so they aggregate like the best of the best of the year um, and put them into this very organized schedule of, of select programs that are feature films, that are short films, documentaries, TV pilots. Um, some are bigger than others, right? So, like, you know, you have your smaller festivals, you have your bigger Coachellas, ACL, South by Southwest. Um, that's, I make that comparison because I think it's easy for most people to understand. But mm-hmm. um, in a nutshell, yeah, like, this is the way filmmakers, certainly at my level, um, get exposed to the industry because studio executives, producers, agents, managers, they go to these events, and particularly the bigger ones, right? So you look at... I mean, the gold standard here in, in the States is the Sundance Film Festival, the Tribeca Film Festival, um, South by Southwest, Austin Film Festival. Um, there's a lot, right? In California, there's Holly Shorts for short films specifically, um, Palm Springs Short Fest. So there's so many. Um, a lot of these are classified as, uh, the, the big ones are classified as academy qualifiers, meaning if you get into these festivals and you win the top prize, you now qualify for an Oscar, which is like a huge deal obviously because short films do win oscars in the animation documentary and narrative category and yeah that's kind of like the the dream to get into like any of the big festivals um that's sort of how it works like you get in and, and you go to the screening and you do a q a you bond with the, your fellow filmmakers um they have like workshops and programs um and yeah and a lot of these people that are important that are in the industry agents managers talent uh, executives they'll go to these festivals too and go oh man i saw x y and z's film I want to work with you or like, oh, you got into this festival. Like it is a huge stamp of approval and validity and all it takes. And I've always been told this and I know it to be true now, certainly like all it takes is getting it right with one film to get into that one good film festival. And it all kind of starts to snowball because 
that stamp of approval is everything in this business. Um, it's a lot of it's a lot of glitz and glamour um, mm-hmm. and a lot of just kind of butt kissing, you know, yeah. to try to like get into these festivals. <laughs> but it's true, like really, it, it is just you have to play the game. It's a game, you know. I think talent is one thing, but you have to play the game, like from a business perspective, um, to sell yourself as an artist, as a creative, because. I, I can tell you now, I'm not the most talented person in the world, but I'll be damned if anyone outworks me. You know, I will outwork anybody because I know that I always like working with the chip on my shoulder. So yeah. as that relates to the film festival circuit, like it is a lot of work. Like these festivals, it's usually a $40, $50 submission fee for each one. And it's it, it gets pricey if you submit to 20, you know, do the math. It, it's a lot. a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And most of these you don't get into. I think in the case of Manos de Oro, I've been really lucky. My first two films, I made two films before Manozoro, Right Where You Left Me and Just Lie Here. Um, both you know, pretty personal films, um, two very different films, but personal nonetheless. Um, they didn't really get into many festivals. They got into the small local ones, um, Grapevine Film Festival, all of which are great. Like It gives you an opportunity to screen it to friends and family, but they don't do much for the advancing of your career, um, mm-hmm. I guess to put it lightly. They just don't, you know, it's ultimately the, the dream and the ambition of every filmmaker to get into these bigger ones. Um, and I've just been really lucky that all the festivals that have told me no, for the most part, I'm, we now got into with Manos de Oro and, and it's changed my life, you know, but that old adage of getting it right once with one good short film proved to be sort of true. But I think the key is just momentum because you're only as good as your next project, you know, like you can't rest on your laurels, yeah. right? Like Manos has been so good to me and it's been the biggest blessing of my life that I, I could have never possibly imagined. Like you don't make films with the intention of like wanting to win awards and stuff like it's just at least not why I make films. Um, but I think the key is momentum, right? It's what's next. And perpetually at every festival, it's like, what are you doing next? Marcel? What are you doing next? What do you got coming up next? And it's like, Ugh. I don't know. yet. <laughs> it's a little paralyzing. And, and I do think that to some degree, I'm kind of a victim of my own success because I've, I've cast this. Um, I made this project that is kind of looming large and mm-hmm. will probably have a life for a very long time, but I'm trying to slowly not separate away from it, but just start to move on from it creatively. You know, like Manozoro will always be there. It's always be the, the anchor of my career that got me the exposure that I never really knew I could get. Um, but it's time to, you know, make bigger and better projects. And, but yeah. these festivals do help. Like that's been the thing that getting into those festivals has changed my life in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. That was a long-winded answer. No, that's good info because I have no idea about how that works. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I would have never known, honestly. It's it's a it's a, it's a drag, you know, and, and posting on social media. They have all these requirements. Like, it, it is a lot. I'm my own manager. I'm my own agent. I'm my own social media manager. Like, I do all of that stuff. I also have a day job, you know, so it's just finding time. And that's what I mean about sacrifice. And that's so my much. Fr- yeah, my friends being there for me, I, I have to commit a lot of time to doing these Little things that might seem minuscule at the moment um, for like a much long, hopefully larger payoff in the long run. I hope so. We've had this conversation with like various artists about how you handle time, how you how do you make sure that you structure it in a way that, you know, is beneficial and productive. I've had to I I get reached out to a lot by younger filmmakers um, on Instagram or through email. They'll find my email somewhere and they're like, hey, Merced, manos out of this, manos out of that. Would love to talk to you. I'm an upcoming filmmaker. And man, I love helping, especially like for my kind of background. I didn't really have too many mentors. I like being that for other people, but it's gotten to a point now where I have so little time to do 
things during the day that I have to be very careful about who I give my time to because that's like the one resource that I can't get back. You know, I, I have deadlines I have to meet. I have programs I need to apply to. I have projects I need to get done. So I'm, my door is always open. I have an open door policy for anybody, but it might take me like a month or two to get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's an open door, but it, it's a it, long hallway. It, 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 <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> I'm not being that office right there. Yeah, no, no, no. Here. But like, it, it is just difficult. Like you have to be very, you have to protect yourself, I think, as an artist, because I don't know, I'm being pulled now and I have been for the last couple of months and I've never had this before. This, I'm, I'm learning this as I go along. I'm being pulled in a thousand different directions and it's only going to get worse. Yeah. You know, hopefully... I want to get pulled in more directions like that's kind of the goal right but i have to protect myself like my mental health my stability and and still make time for the things that i want to do see my friends go to a concert i don't know like go have a drink with a friend go have dinner you know just do normal things that way i'm not in my bubble like oh my god if i have 30 minutes to talk to this person and then i can like write for 20 minutes here like it's it's a lot um so time time management's important um i have to just be I'm consistently learning to be better at it. I have to be, like, for my own good, for my personal good and my career, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good answer. Thanks. <laughs> Any artist listening to this, I think, <laughs> will probably resonate with them. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Raf was saying earlier that a lot of things resonate with him, and, and he he's from, a you know, an, an acting background, and I have a mm-hmm. visual art background. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of things you're saying, yes, thinking about, you know, time management and setting boundaries and, Mm -hmm. and all of those things. Um, I'm interested, you know, Monica was asking about applying to, um, Mm -hmm. the film festivals. Mm -hmm. I really want to know, you know, cause as, as a visual artist, like thinking about like, you know, what kind of narrative you're, you know, whether it's something that's, you know, abstract or, you know, very linear Mm -hmm. or representational, in terms of like when you're building a, a work of art. So I want to know about like, you know, how do you go from from writing, you know, creating your narrative, <clears throat> thinking about what is the story going to be and then building the actual film, like everything from mm-hmm. like, you know, who's going to be the cinematographer? Yeah. Who's going to be, you know, who are going to be the actors? How am I going to do all the auditions and those kinds of things? Yeah, totally. It's, uh, it's not easy. Um, I think I, I didn't, like I said, I didn't go to film school. I say that only because, I don't know, you, when you graduate from film school, you come out of that primarily with connections. Yeah. You know, hey, you can shoot my movie or you can do art on my movie. I had like zero. I basically had to pull all of this out of thin air. Um, so it started with my first film, Right Where You Left Me. Um, it's a film about like ghosting and relationships and, and pretty you know, personal story um, that I made back in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, I made that just basically putting out an open call, like for, for submissions for a cast, like, Hey, um, anyone want to be a part of this project? And then the crew. And now some of those people are still working with me today. I just kind of latched onto people who I thought were cool. I have the same composer now, the same cinematographer, the same sound designer, um, a couple of the same folks that have just been in my camp from the very beginning. Um, cause I like them and I think we've all grown up together in this business and now we're all doing our own thing. Right. But we all. Anytime I'm, I have a project, they're the ones I go to first. You know, so in terms of putting things together, it starts with A, the script. Like, it's the script, the script, the script, always. You got to get that right. Um, I've never had access to or have been competitive with, like, those grants or the fancy programs. I just, I've never, I've submitted my scripts, of course. I've never won them. Um, so I've had to self-fund everything. Um, yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Um, but, you know, that's part of the reason why I work a day job. I don't live a glamorous, like, glitzy lifestyle. 
you know, I don't travel to Europe every year and take vacations <laughs> left and right. I don't buy expensive clothes or jewelry. Like I, I, a lot of my money up until this point has just been in reinvestment back into my filmmaking because why would it not be? Like, yeah. you know, I'm going to, I'm not going to wait for permission from anybody to make my movie. I'm going to make it, I, I'm going to die trying, you know, that's my attitude consistently, right? It's eat or get eight. And I think, um, Money is a huge factor for a lot of filmmakers. I'm aware that it, I, I say this kind of a, on a high horse because it is a privilege to have a day job that, you know, I, I get to do what I love and also put money back into my, my, my art, my projects. Um, I think being, it, it's twofold, right? Like having that script that's strong uh, to get it into those programs to on the on the chance that you can get funding, that that is going to be important. But also it's it's linking up with people who you trust like I did back in the beginning, it's, you know, they might do you a favor, like, hey, dude, I can't pay you much right now, um, but let's stick around. And, you know, it's, it's they have to see something in you and you have to see something in them. So it's like a mutual mutual benefit for both of you. Um, so I would say putting it together is just attaching yourself to the right people. Um, everything also sort of fall into place, but you can't climb Mount Everest alone. Like, I, I've thought I have could, but very early I learned I need to ask for help and I need to ask for help from people that are what much more smarter than me, much more talented than me. Like directing is basically just telling people who are much more talented than you what to do. And like, <laughs> with the, like, like, yeah, it's true. Like with the, with the, with the pointed finger, like you're just a bitter man with opinions basically. Yeah. Like that's all it is. Like it's, I want this here. I want this there. Yes to this shirt. No to that shirt. Yeah. Yes. No. Like it's all just decision-making, but like in rapid succession, Mercedes, Mercedes, it's just, it's, it's rapid fire, you know? Yeah. So I just, I, I found the people that I thought were the best to mm -hmm. put my projects together and it's kind of just figured itself out. Mano Zero was another project. You know, we, we also, I didn't mention this, we also did some, um, we raised funds for mm -hmm. our projects. So my first film, I did a, a GoFundMe. That wasn't a GoFundMe, it was a Indiegogo. Mm -hmm. We raised like, I don't know, like 1,500, two grand, which is, you know, okay. I put in the rest. Mano Zero, because we had Mr. Julio Cedillo attached, um, who's an awesome actor, who was our lead. He plays Sergio, the, lead, the father in the yeah. film. Who is also in the Sean Carter produced film that just came out yesterday on Netflix. The Heart of They Fall. Was, he's yeah. in the Heart. Everyone, everyone, please yeah. go check out The Heart of They Fall. Julio's in one of the opening scenes. He's brilliant as always. He's in Sicario, Narcos, Mexico, Cowboys yeah. and Aliens, Coyote on CBS, All Access. So he's, I mean, he's, Julio's just a whole other like conversation to get into, yeah. right? But mm -hmm. through him, I think that opened the door to, possibly get more resources because you know julio is, is someone that people recognize and they know and they love his work and i think once people saw he was attached to our little black and white film here in, in dallas uh, i think it was easy for people to go like oh okay like merced knows what he's doing or like they they're they're, they're gonna be okay with someone like julio and subsequently the people he brought on jero medina and richard jackson all these awesome awesome actors who are in mano zero um i owe that to julio i owe a lot to him you know um, I'm interested. Um, Julio sounds great, but um, I want to know the dog. I have a story about the dog. So Please, uh, can we, we meet the dog? Yeah. Is oh. there like a meet and greet with so, the dog? So my mom, uh, she's a friend of my mom's, but she's also her accountant, like for my dad's business. And um, her son has these two dogs with Zoe. It's a girl dog, actually. She's the one in the oh, film. Zoe. Uh, she's half husky, half wolf. She's like 80% like wolf or something. Wow. So like that's a wolf dog. Wow. Nice. Yeah, it's legit. Yeah, so that's a wolf. But she was so, so perfect. Like, Zoe, sit still. Just 
Like, it was, <laughs> it was, she was like, man, they, they had to have trained that dog. I, I've never worked with animals before, and I was terrified going into it because I thought, oh, my God, yeah. this is going to be a disaster. Like, it's going to be scared. It's going to run away. But Zoe was so well-trained. I had Carlos, his owner, who was there. He's just, sit, stay. Don't move, Zoe. A couple times we had to do the takes again. We were just laughing the whole time, like, oh my God, this is gonna, <laughs> it's not gonna work. We got like a couple seconds of her just sitting there, just wagging her tail, you know, sitting there yeah. like, with her tongue out, and that's what's in the movie. So that was one of the points in in your movie that I, you know, how um, like when you see a movie, a really good movie is one that kind of makes you wanting more. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. not like you know. You know, there's maybe some like different kind of character storylines that might take you in another place, but the yeah. filmmaker doesn't give it to you. <laughs> and that was one of the storylines I was like, oh, I want to know about the woman <laughs> and the dog and like, you know, yeah. who goes to see That's her. True. So I'm thinking like, is there another like kind of like uh, a film coming out. There's a, oh, that's so, <laughs> so funny that you bring that up because that moment that you're talking about where, you know, they're talking about like, oh, the old woman and the dog, like yeah. her letting it go just because she's alone and needs someone to talk to. That, I was actually writing that, that was a movie. I was writing that movie before I started making Manozoro. So basically the s- sequence of events was, this was 2018, August or September 2018. I started writing yeah. this movie and then my dad got sick in October of 2018 and I was like, breaks mm-hmm. let's this is what's calling my attention now so as i was writing Manozoro, i'm like it'd be funny if we just put this it's a microcosm of the of the film that I was eventually going to yeah. make and now i mean it's in the movie and you know it is what it is but um yeah it was about a woman who uh, was lonely and her husband had passed away and and she would let her dog loose so that people can bring it back um just so she could have someone to talk to to come to her door and go here's your dog oh by the way did you like some blah blah blah, blah. and that was inspired by it was my birthday actually in 2018, September 4th, and I was driving around and I saw at a stoplight, I saw a missing dog sign. I was like, I wonder what's the story there. Oh, and yeah. it just kind of quickly came to me, and I like pulled over and I wrote the idea down like on my phone. And I was like, okay, <laughs> or I'll, I'll see this later. I think you did a really good job of. Yeah. I mean, and Iris kind of explained these moments, but you know, your short film is a collection of moments. Yeah. Piece together, tell a story, right? Yeah. But in that split second of just showing us the shot of the dog and mm-hmm. the story around all of that yeah. like yeah that left an impression and good man thank it you does leave thank us you asking questions and wanting to know thank you thank you yeah, yeah no that's that's one of my my more favorite scenes in the movie i like yeah. it a lot i think performance wise it's great tonally I, I enjoy the i don't know the the quietness the stillness of it yeah um, and the implications of like the words that are being said between these two so yeah and the way the way julio reacts just his facial mm-hmm. expression without really saying a lot it makes you wonder like you kind of um have these ideas of what he's thinking about in his head that's that's the yeah that's the million dollar question yeah 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 but it's the old <laughs> adage right is show me don't tell me you yeah because yeah. it's it, it, in filmmaking i've something julio really really instilled in me in earlier versions of the script I would just kind of talk my ear off uh, to the point where like, you know, it's not cinematic, right? Yeah. Like people don't ever really say what they feel. Um, yeah. That's true of filmmaking, but it's also true of real life. You know, we kind of dance around the truth a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a look is is worth, you know, it's weight in gold sometimes. Yeah. So before I ask the next question, I could you tell us about Manos de Oro, like a little synopsis for yeah. people that may not have watched it yet totally. so yeah, yeah, before yeah. we go into the questions. Let's do it. Yeah, so Manozoro is a story of a mecha- former mechanic named Sergio who has arthritis in his hands and he can no longer work and be the man, the provider that he used to be. 
Um, he lives with his son, Fernando, who works at the old shop where, you know, his dad used to work. Um, and the film touches on a couple subjects. It touches on the idea of, of machismo in the Latino community, which is like super prevalent, right? It's like the idea of not asking for help because you're too manly and you're the provider and I'll be damned if I ask for help, you know? <laughs> that toxic mentality is very prevalent in our Latino community. And I've seen it, you know, not only in my family, um, but in other communities as well and, and in other families and friends of mine. And so it touches on that, you know, the idea of learning to be better, not just for yourself, but for your family. Um, it touches on mental health, you know, that I think goes a lot into it, which is also super stigmatized in our Latino community. Um, it's, you know, the minute you mention things like bipolar, anxiety or panic, like you're kind of labeled as a crazy one, like how dare you, right? But it's a very real thing that I don't think we've, it's it entered into the zeitgeist enough to the point where it's like normal and we normalize it. And I think a lot of that had to, you know, I wanted to put into the into the film. So basically the film is about a father son who are kind of at odds with each other um, about their relationship and this vehicle the hands are just basically a vehicle through which their relationship unfolds throughout the film and obviously i don't want to give anything away but it, it comes into its own and and you sort of realize a lot more um towards the end of the film that you didn't know in the beginning and and i guess i don't really want to say too much about like the yeah. ending but basically as a father who can't be the man the provider that he used to be and his son trying to help him but no matter his efforts the dad's just kind of being a douche <laughs> you know but but not because he not not willfully it's almost because he feels that he has to be because he's a old mm -hmm. mexican man that you know it's all he knows it's all he knows right yeah. it's all he comes from and that's all he's ever seen fernando the son on the other hand comes from a background or you know he was born in this country let's say right he understands i think the the new wave of of understanding mental health and understanding machismo and, and, and the toxicity behind it. So mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of things that are at odds with the story, but um, at its root, it's a father-son story about yeah. coming together and told through the vehicle of, of, of work, through, through workaholism, through obsession. Yeah, um, I think that's a really good way to put it mm. without giving it all yeah, away. Yeah, good, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But with that said, uh, one of the things about Manos de Oro is that it is in Spanish. Mm -hmm. It's in Spanish, so, you know, and Iris and I were watching it, and one of the things that popped into my head, you know, I'm listening to the Spanish audio, and Iris is reading the subtitles in English, and mm -hmm. I noticed, you know, there were some things where I was like, oh, like that's how you would say it in English, or why? Why do they pick those that translation for the English version? Oof, how do you yeah. come to that? You know, um, yeah, decision. Tr man, translating this movie was, I think, one of the hardest things I had to do because, like, my my family's from they they speak like a Norteño Spanish, like they're from you know El Norte Coahuila, which is it's like Regio type Spanish. Yeah. It's very different from like Southern Spanish or very. like Mexico City Spanish, right? Mm -hmm. This is very different, but I, I I grew up with that. I grew up speaking that kind of Spanish, so I knew I needed it to feel a certain way. Not like um, I, I I didn't want it to feel like a Texan, like Chicano, like Tejano Spanish. I wanted it to feel like this guy like is fresh off the boat, you know, <laughs> like he's like not literally right, but yeah. Um, I wanted him to feel like an immigrant, right? Because that's my background. That's what I know. Um, and the translation of this, like a lot of little the little isms and things that or in Spanish, it just, it's, it's so hard to translate. I had to take some liberties in English because I think implication and intent in Spanish is like one thing, but when you translate it, like a lot of that, you lose a lot of that, like you lose like 80% of it. Yeah. So it was hard. I had to really pick and choose my battles of like taking liberties here or doing direct translations in another place. Like it is difficult. So I had to try really hard to 
you know, to get it right. Um, right. Like I use air quotes cause I don't know. I watch it and I'm like, mm, should that be on the right mm-hmm. choice? Right. Uh-huh. But it, it was, yeah, honestly, probably one of the hardest things I had to do. And it's one of the things that took the things that took me the longest to do. Cause I, again, just that kind of Spanish just doesn't translate too well, but I think I, I did my, I did my best. <laughs> I, th- I, I, I thought it was really cool that the film kind of starts with a translating scene. Yeah. You yeah. Know, Cause he's yeah. like, what is he saying? Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's, uh, um, I immediately connected to that because my parent, where my parents live, they have a, um, there's a neighbor like two or three houses down, but, um, the older man that lives there, he's, he's Chinese, mm-hmm. doesn't speak any English. Mm. My dad doesn't speak any English, but he's very Mexican, mm. speaks Spanish, but these two guys are the best of friends. Wow. On and they come <laughs> in and so he's beautiful. like, oh yeah, me presto, you know, he let me borrow his lawnmower or I'm going to go help him with this. Wow. And they communicate so well, but beautiful. Yeah. That, that initial scene, you know, and then we, uh, Monica and I talked about the translation and you know, how, how do you get what you're trying to communicate across to someone in a different language but i thought it was really cool that you opened with Thanks, that scene because it's kind of like a yeah you know it's like a forward of of hey that's is- that that scene was uh partially inspired by my conversation with my mom actually like my dad was born here my mom was born in coahuila but you know my dad his parents were from coahuila so like are a lot of roots back to mexico mm. my dad speaks great spanish and my mom does too but she swears she doesn't so every time she has this. to have an official conversation <laughs> that's like about a bill or about something like you talk to me you talk to me yeah. I was like mom oh like, my god you know how to speak English like you know the words like my mom probably knows better English than like most people you that know, is my mother too yeah like she like they know they all know, of a but, sudden at a restaurant she's like I can't order and I'm yeah. like you're fine yeah no like oh my god and I I always get on her that she's like ah oh, you're just you're just kind of filling up my head with like air like but I mean it like you can speak yeah, English yeah you're fine you're like, fine yeah. like you can get by you know like some of your friends I wouldn't say the same you know but you were so good and my mom you know one of her the reasons that she's I think great at it and understands it so well she understands English perfectly mm-hmm. it's just watching movies and TV shows like she just watches a lot of like she loves the Marvel movies like oh really oh, iron yeah. man's her hero yeah she loves that stuff that's so awesome. she's always watching movies on netflix um, when my she has some downtime really likes ed sheeran <laughs> yeah that's awesome yeah that's funny somebody should document because like my mom has certain things where i'm just like like she one of my favorite movies is my cousin Vinny. my yep. mom loves that movie yeah it's a great movie and like she'll pick like she loves um the one with Will Smith and uh, the robots. Oh, wow. iRobot. iRobot. Yeah. She loves that movie. Really? But she hates like other like futuristic or robot, like The Matrix or anything so like funny. that. That's She's not funny. a big fan of, but she loves iRobot. Wow. Oh my gosh. My mom really likes Bugs Li- A Bug's Life. Great. Like, classic. Loves A Bug's <laughs> oh, Life. Class. Yes. She w- she can quote some books. My God. So. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. It's it's interesting how like pop culture, not even pop culture, just culture, yeah. I think art, artistically integrates into our community like it's and it's always the weirdest things you know like a bug's life or in my case like my mom's iron man love, yeah you know so it's, it's, it's pretty interesting to, to think about um for though we were lucky enough to to watch manos de oro yes um and i know that it's in in film festivals yes but um if inquiring minds reach out <laughs> or if people are interested in checking out manos de oro yes. is there some point in time that you think that it'll be available or do you have plans to kind of release this? I am 
can I? Mm, no. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll back up. So yeah, I am talking to a pretty big distributor, hopefully to put the film on their platform. So fingers crossed that that materializes, cool. knock on wood. Um, hopefully it'll be available sometime next year. We're, we're starting to come to the natural end of our festival circuit. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, for example, like next week, in Fort Worth, Lone Star Film Festival. We have a screening of Manozoro, in case anyone wants to, to awesome. come by. Um, for those listening, it's at 11.30 in Fort Worth. Um, and yeah, so we have the screening. That's another festival we have coming up. There might be a couple more uh, early next year. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see. Um, but even if it doesn't, you know, this this thing with uh, this distributor doesn't land, um, it'll be available online. People will be, will have access to it. I, I want to try to make it as available as possible. And that's one of the reasons why I want to get into a, the biggest platform possible because I want people to watch my movie. But... Yeah. Worst comes to worst, it'll be made available online and people can watch it there. But, you know, for those inquiring, wanting to, wanting to know more, they can either follow me at Mercedes Elizondo on Twitter, Instagram, or on um, our our films page. So on Instagram, Manozoto Film, at Manozoto Film on both Twitter and Instagram. And I usually am always post. I pretty much only post about my work. So yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, you're, um, in in terms of you and your work, it's it's accessible. Yeah. So if, if and and anyone, mm-hmm. I it's can't there. imagine people not. But if anyone, mm-hmm. you know, with access to the internet, just types in manos de oro, like. Your It'll come up. It's the first thing that comes up. Yeah, yeah, it's the first thing that comes up. Yeah, I, I, I worked a lot to try to get us like a Google panel, like to the right. Yeah. Like oh, I did. Really? Yeah, so it can have like the cast and my name and the poster. And it's, it, it took me so long to try to figure that out. But yeah. what's that process like? It's a lot. Like it's like talking to Google and, and like after a lot of the, what helps is press. Like Manos got a lot of press. So yeah. the more that, Manozoro becomes on, comes onto the interwebs. Google sources that. So when you type in Manozoro, some of the first things that come up is either our website, which is my website, basically, mm-hmm. or all the links to press and the Dallas Morning News, D Magazine, Paper City Magazine, Good Morning Texas, Univision. That helps the algorithm like eventually make you a panel and, and you submit the info. And it's it's a process. But I wanted that just to as another stamp of validity into our yeah. project. Because, you know, when you Google a movie, like it'll have that knowledge panel. That's what they're called, knowledge panels on mm-hmm. the right side. So um, I wanted that for our little black and white movie. Yeah, so. you say a little black and white movie, but like <laughs> it's it's a really good, um, you know, <laughs> and it's you. a short film. Yeah. Um, and one of the other cool things, I don't know if... Um, people know this but it was filmed in oak cliff right a good chunk of it was filmed in oak cliff yeah so a couple locations we it was a six-day shoot which is pretty long for short film uh we did where we shoot so the how the main house is in arlington um that was as close to I, as i possibly could to you know get the style of house that i wanted um a lot of art and production design was needed to get it there but it was yeah it was, that's what i wanted um the shop scene uh, gas station um all and like literally down the road, like I can Clarendon. point to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Beckley. Iris was like, "Oh, that's the gas." Beckley and Clarendon. Yeah, so a lot, a good chunk of it was in Oak Cliff. It, I always tell people this is an Oak Cliff story. Um, it's a, it's a Latino story. Um, that was kind of birthed through my experiences here. So, um, yes, a good chunk of a shot in Arlington, but it, at, at its root is, you know, it's all love. It's all Oak it's, Cliff. It's Oak Cliff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. And yeah. the actors are also local. Well, Julio's local. So Julio is from Durango, but he lives in Fort Worth. Fort Worth so yeah. when I found that out, I was like, oh, man, I, I want Julio to work on this film so bad. Because, I, again, I knew I wanted someone that was that could elevate this project and, and do it the way, you know, that I knew that it could honor my my culture, my, my, my Latinidad and, and my experiences. And Julio being, you know, from North Mexico and Durango, but, you know, moved, he living in Fort Worth, it kind of just fit like a glove. Yeah. Subsequently, when he, when he came on, he brought on Quero Medina, who's from Mexico City, who plays the son. And, and he brought on Richard Jackson, who's another Texas actor who he went to, I think, acting school with in the 90s. So 
um, Julio, again, just being so generous with his resources and, and open to telling, like, he just believed in me. And, I, and at a point where I didn't really have anyone believing me, you know, my, my films didn't, my films prior to Manos, they didn't really do that well in the festival mm-hmm. circuit. I needed a champion and Julio was that for me. And, and I'll, I'll always be grateful to him. Yeah. I was just on the phone with him last night. We become really good friends. That's awesome. Yeah. I think, um, you know, as you're telling this, it's always like a really good reminder that, yeah. you know, working together and like just using other resources and Absolutely. learning from each other is super important. I think we have to. I think especially in a kind of industry like this, it's it's a lot of dog eat dog in Hollywood. And, and you know, in this business, uh, people tend to be pretty sheltered with their resources. But that's what I mean about wanting to help people mm-hmm. um, and helping younger filmmakers to reach out to me because... I'm an open book and I mean that like I will share resources I will help you I'll, I'll get you in contact with people on the opposite end of that or like they only think people in this industry often think that there's only enough for them so they shelter their resources right like yeah. me 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 I'm not going to help you um, and I think that's kind of dangerous because especially like filmmakers of color we have to be supporting each other we have to uplift one another and mm-hmm. I'm all about it so when I can if I can I will help in any way and, and Julio was that to a T for me? Like he just championed me. He believed in me, and um, yeah, he's a he's a gem of a human being. I That's love exciting that guy. to hear because you you got a lot of stamps of approval. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. a lot of people believed in you, and you know, the people that have been lucky enough to to see the film see why. Um, but it's exciting to hear you say that. You know, talking about people like Julio being your champion, because in a sense, just where you've gotten up until this point you're going to serve as a champion for a lot of other people i was thinking the same thing community. as i as i said that out loud yeah i i do want to be that champion for you i want to be the julio for many other filmmakers yeah and, i mean the and, things uh, that you're talking about now and the things that you're saying that there's messaging behind that that people are going to listen to and take <coughs> away and say yeah you know i mean you, you mentioned not being the most talented but <laughs> you will not be outworked and i think if anything um you know, understanding the the value of self motivation yep. when it's something that you believe in. Um, I I feel like I can, you know, say with conviction that it won't be the last time that we hear of you. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Let's cross our fingers. But um, you know, it, it's really important to understand how what your passion is affects so many other things <sighs> and a community at large. You know, because I can take your story and mm. if. I have nothing to do with film. Mm. Mm. I can still pull away a lot of the things that you're talking about because they transfer and they apply to other fields or they just apply to, you know, the the, the kind of work that you might want to be involved in in general Mm. as 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 an artist, even as a non-creative. You Mm. know, Um, I think there are very, very valuable lessons in the things that um, you're talking about and that you're sharing with us through what you've learned and getting to Manos de Oro and and the other projects that you've done. Well, thanks, man. I I do think that. I, look, I, you know, when we set out to make the film in 2019, I wrote the script, started writing the script in 2018. I mean, I, you couldn't have like paid me enough money to believe you that all of this would have happened. You know, yeah. the press, the the awards, the programs. Like, I, I just, there's no way. Like, I, I could not have. I, I genuinely mean that. You don't make movies for that. You do them because you have a, an interest. You have a an inclination. You have a gut feeling that's like pulling you to tell a story that motivates you to tell a story. And, and all of this has just been icing on the cake, you know? And I think the cool thing about Manozoro, win, lose, or draw at any other festival or whatever, like it's become its own cultural phenomenon, sort of, like for a community. Um, and it's it's inspired a lot of people. Um, it's motivated people to become filmmakers. It's, it's motivated people to tell similar personal stories. And, 
you know that that is just that's great you know that that is truly even more icing on the cake than what yeah. i could have ever bargained for so yeah. it, it's cool man it's cool to be recognized and accepted by my community in this way but um the job's not done you know like the job's not done i've I have thousands of stories i want to tell you know and and i mean there's no end in sight for me so like i have projects i'm working on now that you know are going to be bigger hopefully better um but it is paralyzing to some degree because yeah like i mentioned earlier i don't want to i'd rather i don't want to live in the shadow of Minnesota. i want to live in its light yeah you know because I, I i don't want to outdo myself but i also kind of want to do like <laughs> i i want to i want to just keep telling narratives that push boundaries and yeah. are risky that are personal ambitious and i think with Minnesota, that's been the one to to let me get to that point so mm-hmm. i'm crossing my fingers we'll see we'll see i hope this isn't the last year for me like I'm, well, I, I don't think it is, and I feel like your support system is just growing because I I, yeah. I feel confident enough to say that OC three is right there. Like yeah, yeah good. <laughs> listen to, listen to this artist here. Good, 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 good. No, it it means a lot, man, that you guys had me on and and the support from Oak Cliff. You know, it it means everything. So this is this is home, this is home, and it always will be home tentatively, hopefully. So yeah. I, at the end of the day, like no matter where I go, right? If I move to LA for a couple months, let's say, or if I I don't know, shoot a movie in London or wherever. Like at the end of the day, like home is always Texas. Home is always Oak Cliff. Like at least that's where my heart is, you know? He's like, I'm a workaholic. The only time I'll go overseas is to work. <laughs> yeah, basically, 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 man. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, I, man, I wish I, oh, I've self-funded all my movies. I wish I had money to go, yeah. you know, out to do whatever and whatever, like here all around, traverse the world. But I think again, now with Manos, I'm, I'm probably a little more, I say this, right? I'm a little more competitive with these grants and programs. So we'll see. Hopefully I don't have to put a penny of my money into my next project. That'd be ideal. Um, But if I have to, again, like I'm not going to wait for permission from anybody. If I have to, I, I wouldn't even think twice. You say, you know, I don't, I don't want to wait for permission from Mm -hmm. anybody. And you were talking earlier about, you know, doing this internship and then deciding you were going to switch. And I think um, just, you know, you mentioned Latino parents, Hispanic parents, how difficult that conversation must have been mm-hmm. because, I mean, I switched my major three times, oh, man. <laughs> you know, and and so and I think even going more into like into a more arts, mm-hmm. you know, um, centered world. How was that conversation? And do you have any advice for students that may be going through that, that, you know, started in advertising yeah. or anything <clears throat> else and then decided, you know, I want to make that switch? There's going to be a lot of people, family included, that are probably going to discourage you, but it's not ill-intended. It's because they want you to be safe and they want you to be your, at your best. So it what might come across is discouraging from, let's say, family or friends, whoever, right? I don't know. Just I, I tend to just try to like not listen to the noise. Like, thank you. I appreciate your feedback, but I'm going to do this if I'm going to die trying. So like to, to tell people any give any advice i could give would just be like listen to your gut like there people are probably telling you these things for good reason because they care about you or maybe they think like is this really something you can do given your circumstance given your situation financially or otherwise um but really assess like self-assess is this something that i am genuinely ready to commit the next like four to five years of my life just to start building like you have to put in your ten thousand hours and it is going to be grueling with a capital g like Mm -hmm. it's gonna be hard it's gonna suck um but i think the more you do it and the better you get at it i think those examples will prove themselves to those around you and before they know it they'll be they'll be your biggest supporters right but you have to be mindful of that because 
now those people those same people who might have been discouraging you might come around and start asking from you from things right and at that point you have to be careful like who was there for me when i needed them the most it could be friends it could be family you know but i think you have to just play by ear um but just trust your gut i knew from the beginning that this was something i wanted to do and i heard a lot of no's and boos um i was lucky that my family was always supportive but it was kind of at an arm's distance like at least you have a backup plan you have advertising like just play it safe you know like you have the you always have a job right and i don't blame them and who could right like they just want their son to be stable financially stable emotionally stable artistry is not really something that's known too well in our community at least the experience of it through immigrant Mm -hmm. parents and and that experience so i would say trust your gut listen to those who are around you i mean again lean on people like those who are championing you like let them keep championing you like it's okay to ask for help in the beginning and i I did a lot Mm -hmm. um when i felt that everyone else perhaps wasn't um but now yeah i things are great you know think it eventually everything sort of has a way of figuring itself out but you just have to be committed to two things it's gonna suck number one number two you're gonna have to work like a maniac like you have to be a fool to think you can make it in this business like you have to be crazy like you have to be crazy 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 like to think that you can be the next I don't know, Steven Spielberg, Alfonso Cuaron, the next, I don't know, Mercedes Elizondo, like the, the next you. Mm-hmm. It's 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 crazy to think your name will enter the zeitgeist as a as a filmmaker, as an artist. Like that's hard. It's really hard to do. If, if it were easy, everyone would try to do it. There are no shortcuts. And I think the minute you start to think you can circumvent that, it's a fast road to nowhere. Mm. So just know like be ready to play the game is the best advice i would give to someone be ready to play the game of of a lot of hard work and be told a lot of no's and a lot of discouraging no's but i think the telltale sign of any good artist is if you can cut above that and stay above that i think you'll be all right that is good perspective yeah just stay above it stay above it like you're going to be hearing so many no's and and ugly comments and remarks and okays and i guess and maybes um but if you can persist and perceive I'd say you'll be all right. So trust it. And equally, advice like for immigrant parents, I don't know if like parents are listening to this. Um, I always like to tell parents, like if your son or daughter wants to be a painter, wants to be a musician, wants to be a a filmmaker, a photographer, like let them. It's encouraging. Like you are only helping them if if like if you support their passion though money will come and go like they're not going to starve you know if you raise a smart child they're not going to starve you know they just won't like they will figure out the money financially and if everything goes well probably they'll make good money if if they continue their artistry because you know it it can be very rewarding in certain trades but i I always just like to tell parents like denle confianza sus hijos like give them confidence like that they can do this like it's it's possible it's real Mm -hmm. people can do it and and point to me if you have to right like I, I'm I'm a nobody. I came from nothing to do this, and you know I have immigrant parents that and, and parents that come from a certain kind of cultural background that they were questioning it at first, as most would and probably should, right? Yeah. To be careful for their children. Um, but I would just say, just take a leap. Give them a year. Go okay. Let's have a talk. In a year, where do you want to be? And just set goals for them, but never wag a finger at them and go how dare you you shouldn't do this we raised you to be an engineer or we paid for law school yeah whatever right let them chase that passion and i think the more encouraging yeses you can get the better off they will be so like you're only doing them a favor at that point especially if it comes from your parents that's super important yeah Mm -hmm. so rant over (laughs) (laughs) yeah i also want to say to your to those parents 
um, being a creative is the hardest job ever. It, oh, yeah. It never stops. It's not one of those jobs that you just go in. Clock in and clock out. And then clock out at the end of the day. You're constantly thinking about what's the next artwork you're going to make, whether it be film, dance, theater, visual art, video. This is not something you can turn off, you no. know? And, and I think even for artists, like listening, parents and artists, like you can't you can't turn the switch off you just can't like at night or in the shower you just you'll find yourself just in moments that are supposed to be at your f- quietest yeah. your brain's running a mile a minute you know and it's it, it this cross that we bear is heavy and it can get heavy at times but again that's what i mean about having a good support system like family friends that are encouraging like they're the ones that help you lift that cross to um, not make it as heavy i think so yeah parents understand that artists understand that it's not going to be easy um, but I think the reward you get out of it is, like, I got into filmmaking because I wanted to make people feel things. You know, I remember watching movies in theaters that just moved me to tears or to excitement, to emotion. And I remember thinking, just, I want to make people feel that way too, you know? So, but the road to get there is very difficult. It's hard. It's It yeah. sucks. Um, but what you get out of it when people watch my movies or Manos de Oro, when people tell me, I see my dad in this, I see my grandfather in this, like, there's no greater feeling. I created something that moved you. Like there's, there's a power to that. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're kind of playing God at that point. Um, but you have to be careful. You cannot let that get to your head because you are playing God as a creative. You're inventing stories, narratives that move people um, for better or for worse. So I think it's using that power to, for good, yeah. right? It's, it's that old saying in Spider-Man, like great power comes great responsibility. Like it yeah. is, <laughs> it's a power. It's, it's a, it's a magic trick. You know, I, 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 I put a spell on you with, with audio and, and images Mm-hmm. you know and and it sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but like it, it it's it comes at a price yeah you know? do we have time for one last question i want to yeah. know yeah. i want to know what your next project is or if you can just yeah. give us like a hint totally yeah yeah yeah. so my next project uh this is actually funny enough my first idea for a movie ever um little background it's actually i think the first time i've talked about this project um it's called Ooh, the, the scoop, the scoop. <laughs> exclusive <laughs> <laughs> um it's uh so it's called the morning of right mm. morning like morning grief um play yeah. on word uh yeah oh man i'm already there <laughs> <laughs> it's uh so it's a project that um i remember being i won't give too much away right but basically it's about grief it's about death mm. um it's an idea that i had years ago that i it was it came through a conversation with my grandmother about this certain kind of subject um about of women who I don't give too much away, right? But like, it's about women who would grieve in Mexico, and and um, this idea always sat with me. And I thought this, I had the foresight then to think, okay, this idea is too precious and too good for me to screw up as a baby filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Let me do this when I have a little more under my belt, you know. And and after Manos, I feel like I'm kind of at the crux of everything that I've put together, like my experience. And I feel stronger as a filmmaker than I did then. So now I feel ready to tell the story. Um, it's about death, grief, mourning, um, how grief manifests itself in people learning how to live with loss instead of just trying to like move on from it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a process of learning. I um, mean, I do think that um, it, it, it is going to be a very devastating film, like mm-hmm. thrilling for sure, but devastating, tragic, all of which are adjectives I typically use to try to describe the project. Um, it is a proof of concept short film that I'm going to make for my debut feature film. So I think after this short film, I'm probably done making shorts. I think I want to just make one more that hopefully does well, as well as Manos, hopefully better. 
um, and then jump into narrative feature filmmaking, That's which exciting. is wow. which is the you know the the goal. Hour and a half long. Yeah, yeah, hour and a half long, two hours, and and that is, I mean, it's an act of hubris to think that you can, you know, like get into feature filming. Like it's it's hard. Like nothing will ever yeah. prepare you for that first feature. But I feel like I I'm I'm kind of getting to that. I'm 27, so yeah. I think hopefully by the time I'm 30, I'll have a feature film under my belt. If not, on my on my way to get there. So that's inspiring, man. You acknowledge so many of the things that I feel like <laughs> often get overlooked by people trying to kind of like pummel their way through yeah on stuff and just ride coattails of something that might be hot or or viral or whatever yeah. it's hard um, man there's it's... a lot of there, there's a lot behind what you're saying thanks man i i, I just I, I feel like if anything i'm patient and i trust the process yeah. and i know the game is a game yeah. and i gotta play the game well for being so young there's a lot of wisdom <laughs> i don't feel young yeah. <laughs> I don't, same i don't feel young man I, my I'm back hurts my back hurts i'm covered in white hairs i'm stressed come on man i need a vacation oh, no man. but i mean it means a lot man yeah i just i yeah, i would just tell anyone just be patient you know this, this isn't gonna happen overnight like the pyramids won't build overnight you know and, and you have to build your own pyramids brick by brick right so yeah that's what it's, what it's gonna take so yeah wow anybody else any final thoughts concerns rapid questions, questions? Anyone? Any? anything anyone um why black and white why black and white great question <laughs> um so i uh i've always been inspired by movies of yesteryear so mm -hmm. you know you look at like the french new wave italian neorealism like all these movies by the masters right francois truffaut and jean-luc godard agnes varda jean-pierre melville like these are my heroes right yeah um and i think Black and white is was back in the day a um, a consequence of of technology, right? Like there was no color film stock back in the day, right? So, you know, even after black uh, color stock was introduced, um, like twenties, thirties, right? It started to become more popularized. Um, people would still shoot black and white because color stock was expensive. But I think through that limitation, if you will, came mm -hmm. this like beautiful flower of opportunity to tell stories that are just. I don't know like there, there's something about black and white that just really draws your attention and i think that's precisely why i did it in mano and did it in manozoro because this was going to be a character driven story from the beginning like there was no question about it right it was going to be about sergio and his perspective with his with his condition and with his son right and with black and white it just forces you to tell the truth and it forces you to just listen right because yeah. there's no distraction there's no color there's no saturation there's nothing it just forces you the audience to just shut up and watch what's on screen you know and i think that was its one one angle of it also it was telling the film the way in which we told it so it was very handheld it was very gritty we shot in 6k but i kind of dirtied it up in the edit with like a, a grain layer because i wanted it to look like a film from before you know i wanted mm -hmm. it to look like an old school black and white french new wave movie so the way we edited it the way we shot all excuse me inspired by the french new wave um and films from before because that was a style that i i wanted to try to mimic because i think my story deserved to be told in that kind of way and i knew that i I wanted to try and yeah um, yeah I, it's like my my little ode to the french new wave but like in spanish in spanish <laughs> yeah that's cool well, I, um i think I it picture helps create like that my... somber mood yes yes yeah. one of it, my it creates favorite atmosphere. movies yeah. is uh the seventh seal oh my yeah on. and so when and anytime anything black and white not that i use it as like a com like a comparison yeah. right but i always get drawn to this area of where i when i first saw that movie and i was just like you know iris is right like it creates this mood this somber this 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 environment that it's atmosphere yeah yeah um it's like walking in and the the room gets darkened 
Yeah. And then you're there. It's like um, mood lighting, kind of like setting candles yeah. for a candlelit yeah. dinner, you know, or like that does something for you psychologically versus like turning all the lights on, like fluorescent mm-hmm. lights like we have here. Like it does something to your brain. Yeah. And that translates to filmmaking too. I like all the, those little decisions translate. Yeah. I think the black and white, like in its simplicity um, and just mm-hmm. like not to say that the story that you're telling is simple, but it's something that for me mm-hmm. as a Latina is simple because I see it every yeah. day. So kind of adding that layer on top of it, I was like in its simplicity, it's almost even more gut wrenching. Like, yeah, it's yeah. We, we just deduced it down to just two characters, mm-hmm. like no fancy colors or saturation it was just giving you like everything that i could to just let the audience feel what these characters are feeling and making it a true character motivated story and period end of sentence you know just nothing more nothing less yeah well y'all need to watch it because yeah please (laughs) please watch manozoro follow us online at manozoro film or mercedes lisondo my Instagram, I'm always posting stuff about it. And once it's available, I'll obviously be sharing more about it. So, yeah. yeah and or go to the film festival in Fort Worth. In Fort Worth. Yeah. yeah the Lone Star Film Festival in Fort Worth, Texas. Yeah. We're screening at 1130 um, next Friday. Yeah. So please check it out. It's online. Hit me up if you have questions about it. Yeah. Thanks again for having me, guys. This is, oh, this is that's cool. awesome. Yeah. And uh, we there's also a fan club that. I just announced right now for Zoe the wolf dog. The wolf dog. <laughs> Zoe the wolf dog has a fan club. She's a wolf. Like it's crazy, and you should see her in person. Like you can only kind of see her in 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 the movie, but she's enormous and she looks yeah. like a dang wolf. So oh, man, that yeah. image—that's one of several images that's just there. Just <laughs> sitting there. It's, yeah, it's oh man, thanks. Man. Is yeah. Zoe in the cast on the Knowledge she Channel? She is actually. <laughs> she is. It's so funny you bring that up. So in the end credits, like if you ever, guys ever watch the movie, you can freeze frame it, and at the top of like the uh, supporting extras or whatever, it's like Zoe, and then in parentheses, dog. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. That's so cool. So yeah, I had to shout out Zoe. And it's funny though, like we—I never really mentioned this. Not that it's a mistake. It's just funny, you know. We. In the film, uh, Sergio says, ¿Qué onda con ese perro? Like, what's up with that dog? Like, mm-hmm. implying that it's a male dog, but no one ever really knows it's actually yeah. Zoe. It's a girl dog. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I thought that was pretty funny. And I've actually never told anyone that. The Zoe, no one ever really knew Zoe was actually Zoe. Yeah. I just yeah. thought it was like some random dog. So. That's cool. You guys are the first people to bring up that dog. I wow, another broke scoop. Broke, yeah. broke the scoop. <laughs> broke the scoop. Come on now. Come on now. But, yeah. Cool. Well, um again thank you so much merced thank you uh, we appreciate you carving out time of i know course. times are crazy everyone's busy but especially yes. you thanks man um so we really do appreciate you coming out and joining us on this episode of oc3's frequencies thank you um again he gave you all the information so that you could follow him at merced elizondo or at manos de oro film you can also just google manos de oro and they will come up um but yeah, I think this is going to be a story that the community is going to rally around for a long time. So, I hope so, man. Thank you. Yeah, we're we're really uh we are fortunate enough again to have been able to have screened that um, not too long ago. But um, let's keep that support system going for uh, for our friend here, Merced de Lisondo. Thank um, you, guys. So thank, thank you, you, everyone, for listening. This has been an episode of OC3 Frequencies. We are a division of the City of Dallas Office of Arts and Culture. Make sure you find and follow us at Oak Cliff Cultural Center or on Twitter at Oak Cliff Culture. You can visit our website at occ.dallasculture.org. The podcast is available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. 
If you go to Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. Rate us. We like five stars. Only good reviews. Only good reviews. (laughs) (laughs) As told by Monica. But on behalf of the Oak Cliff Cultural Center, thank you all for listening. Again, we appreciate your support. Uh, We hope you enjoyed this episode of OC3 Frequencies. And until next time, peace. Bye, everyone.